Welcome to Looking Forward, where we speak with experts about marketplace and societal trends, and most importantly, how they might affect you. I'm Jeff Ostroff, the host of Looking Forward. If you're like me, you're fascinated by trends in the future. In fact, several years ago, that was one of the things I focused on in a book I wrote. Hi, everyone. Today on Looking Forward, we're going to talk about a trend that's actually resulted in the creation of jobs. I'm talking about the hiring and use of virtual assistants. To help us explore this area of job growth, we're fortunate to have an expert on that topic with us. She's Melissa Smith. Melissa Smith is the founder and CEO of the Association of Virtual Assistants and the PVA, a firm that matches clients with the right virtual assistants. She is also the best-selling author of two books, Hire the Right Virtual Assistant and Become a Successful Virtual Assistant, which is an integral part of the College of Western Idaho Administrative Specialist Program curriculum. Melissa also mentors for Remote How Academy, the first global online education and individual certification program. Drawing from her experience while working on five different continents, Melissa truly understands how to operate a successful virtual business. Her next venture is creating audio courses for how to interview and be interviewed online with Knowable. Along with her other media appearances, Melissa has been quoted by ABC News, Forbes, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and U.S. News & World Report. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to Looking Forward. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for coming on the show. We're really glad to have you here. Not many people were speaking about virtual assistance several years ago. And if you wouldn't mind telling us what made you first think about virtual assistance and, and decide that you were going to get involved in that. I started thinking about virtual assistance when I was commuting. And when you were <laughs> I, commuting. I was really? commuting. I was in California. I was commuting. It was a rough commute. But really, I just gotten used to it. If you live in California, it's just what you do. Right. I didn't really think the the public transportation system is nothing to to boast about. And but I love my job and I wasn't willing to to leave there at all. And I went to a, an administrative professionals event and I met another person there and she said she was a virtual assistant. And I thought, what's that? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And she'd been doing it for several years. Uh, I know virtual assistants, some have been doing it for 15 plus years, but it just wasn't something that I had heard of before. So I met her and she told me about virtual assistants and how she works with her clients. And I thought, oh, I totally want to get into that. So I started researching. And the only real problem was, is I couldn't find a, a job that was paying what I needed to make or what I was close to what I was making. And I just didn't really give it too much thought, but I started to do more networking and I started to learn about it and see if I could ever possibly incorporate it. But again, I just kind of was like, okay, well, that's great for those people. Maybe someday for me, because like I said, I loved my job. And then my daughter, we were living in California at the time. We had just moved there a year ago from Georgia where we had been living for most of her life and she needed to go back home. My husband had passed away. And oh. so we, 
you know, it was just like a lot going on. And I went to my boss and I said, you know, I'm sorry, I got to give my two weeks notice. And he said, we don't want to lose you. How can we keep you? And I thought, well, I could do what I do virtually. I don't have to be here in the office. And he said, okay, let's do that. And that really started the whole ball rolling for me. So it's not as if you went to college and got a degree in something that was related to being a virtual assistant. It's, it was more or less circumstantial for you that you got involved. Well, I actually went to secretary school. Okay. My mom was also an administrative professional. So I always knew I wanted to be an administrative professional, but it has evolved in ways that we could have never have known. In fact, it was very much when I first started out, don't leave your desk. Don't ever leave your desk. You know, oh, someone always has to be at the desk. And so then it was, if I wasn't in the front anymore and I was in the back, it was basically who's covering the phones when you're not there? Who's covering the phones? Make sure the phones were covered. And then it evolved still. And we started getting less, <laughs> fewer and fewer phone calls. So then it became email and who's, who's answering the emails? How, how long does it take you to answer them? And so it just kept on evolving over the years, but certainly, you know, there was really two strong circles of people that you would speak to people who have said, Oh, I love my virtual assistant. I've been using them for years. And another set of people who are like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about when you mean virtual assistant. Yes. And I, I just wanted to add before we take a look at the evolution of the virtual assistant position that you reminded me of something I actually had forgotten about. You know, I, I wasn't thinking about this and it just occurred to me near the end of my career, while I was not a virtual assistant, I was working virtually. This is my first career. I was working virtually. And at the time they allowed us to do that in the organization I was with, that was unusual that people were able to work virtually. Now, of course, as you're going to talk about, it's become much more common, which is a perfect segue into saying, Melissa, looking forward tends to look ahead. That's what it's all about, looking at trends and having a positive slant. We're looking forward to things. But to do that, we first like to take a look backwards. If you take a look at the designation, mm -hmm. virtual assistant, when did that really start to become popular or accepted as part of the working world. That seems to me to be relatively new, even though people may have been doing those sorts of things. I don't remember in my first career talking about, he's a virtual assistant, she's a virtual assistant. So there must be something where people were labeled as virtual assistants. When did that start? Now it's a field. So the field started probably 20 years ago, 20 years when, ago. when the first association started. So it could have been longer than that, but I think that's when the first uh, association started for virtual assistants and who's using virtual assistant services. And those are mostly entrepreneurs. So as the rise of entrepreneurship has become more of a thing, as it's become more acceptable and actually highly discussed as something everyone needs to do is have a side hustle. Then here we go again with virtual assistants. How do you have your day job and have a side hustle? Get a virtual assistant. If you're an entrepreneur, how do you do these things? How do you get everything done without the company, without hiring tons of employees while keeping your costs low? Hire a virtual assistant. So if you're in these entrepreneurial circles for the last 20 years, it would be really hard not to have heard about a virtual assistant. 
Now, if you take yourself out of the entrepreneurial bubble (laughs) and you look and you're in a regular workforce, then it becomes quite hard. And the reason that it is that way is because virtual assistants are for the most part business owners. They're not employees. So Uh. there's a whole different industry, a whole different business language, a whole different everything. And they really fall into that entrepreneurship side. So if you haven't read entrepreneur type magazines and articles, and those aren't the things that you follow, chances are you weren't reading about virtual assistants. You actually had to cross over into that before you're hearing about us. Now comes in on the workforce side. Now it's become much more common, even in the employee employer workforce side. Now you're more likely to be called a remote executive assistant or a remote worker because that implies employee employer relationship which is different than a virtual assistant i see but many companies are using that term because again as we're looking at efficiency and streamlining and being cost effective and no longer having an assistant who has to manage an office and do things that are really outside of why you would hire an assistant in the first place like order lunches and wash dishes (laughs) you now are looking into these virtual assistant roles as a way to keep your company going, keep it up and running, still have all the assistance that you need for your managers and and executives, but that person doesn't need to be an employee any longer. And so they're looking at that as a more efficient and more cost-effective business model and bringing that in. Typically, a lot of those companies will start to hiring someone on a project basis. So when we think about that, now we're going back and history is constantly repeating itself. So now we think about the old temp model, you bring in that temp, to your office, temp to help with, you know, let's say a CPA, you know, you got tax season, we need the temps to come in. Now you might have a company and every company goes through its ebbs and flows. So you don't need to hire more help, but maybe even for your assistants. Now your assistants need assistance taking care of all the emails and customer service requests and everything else. So what do you do? You bring in that virtual assistant or a team of assistants to help you just for that season. So whether you're thinking, you know, part-time or full-time or ebbs and flows, again, we're not doing anything new. We're just doing it a different way. But uh, I, I love how this whole temp model is coming back into play because that was the ultimate scenario for both the employer and the temp employee. And now we have that, which is even more cost-effective and efficient and is a win-win for both parties for the virtual assistant slash company. That's a, that's a great way for people to really get what they need when they need it. Wow, that's very helpful. Just to clarify that the virtual assistant is somebody who is self-employed. They, they have their own business. And could you briefly just list some of the kinds of duties that you or somebody else who is a virtual assistant might have? Sure. So I think the most common thing people think of when they hear a virtual assistant or any assistant for that matter is someone who manages emails, calendar, scheduling, invoices, travel, that sort of thing. And absolutely, you'll find a ton of virtual assistants who can do that. But what most people don't know are the many other ways that, again, we're always evolving as assistants. So what do we need to do? Now we need to, do, need to learn how to do marketing. We have to learn how to do digital marketing, email marketing, social media marketing, a lot of technical components, website, uh, WordPress, 
uh, making sure the links go together, sales funnels, book launches, podcasting. If you can name it, there's a virtual assistant out there that does it. So we really have to think about how have we evolved as, as our outreach evolved? How do we consume things? And for everything that we consume and all the media that we're consuming, there's an assistant behind a lot of that. And behind the face of that podcast, behind the face of that uh, Facebook Live or that YouTube channel or whatever it is, there's an assistant out there somewhere helping that that person. Yeah, I'm probably dealing with quite a few people who have those assistants and I have no idea. I've only brushed into a few of them <laughs> along the way so far, but there probably are a lot of them. Looking Forward has listeners who are not living in the United States. You know, they could be in a foreign country overseas. They could be Canadians, whatever. Is this phenomenon that we're focusing on, this trend, virtual assistant, is this something that is happening more here in the United States? Or is this something that is happening elsewhere? Maybe even it's happening more elsewhere. Are you aware of how it's playing out globally? Globally, it's been playing out on a large scale for a very long time. So hmm. you might remember back in the days, especially the 90s, and people were complaining, all of our jobs are leaving the country. All of our jobs are leaving the country. Yes. They're going across to other countries. That was all happening virtually. <laughs> those calls that people were getting, those customer service, that's all virtually. Those They were outsourcing even back then. So there's huge hubs in Asia for virtual assistants, but there are hubs all over the world and it really is going in that direction it's not going to stop we used to say that data is the new oil and <laughs> we're still saying that data is still the new oil okay but when it comes to an individual freedom is the new wealth so when we talk about working virtually a lot of the conversations that we're having for those who work virtually especially as virtual assistants is all about setting our own hours having our own time doing the work we love and that gives us a new sense of freedom and flexibility that most assistants have never experienced before, and they will never go back. Yes, to, to working for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting, just again, to make sure that I've got this down and that the listeners have it down. The United States, to, to some extent, maybe to a great extent, came in a little later on with this trend, right? And we're not always the first. We're not always the first. So there were other countries were into this before we were. Absolutely. And the first reason was because it was at once cheaper to do that, right? So it, it, there's a still, you're going you're gonna to pay less for the most part if you're going to outsource anything to Asia. So that's one part of it. The, the second part is that the U.S. has always been a bit behind when it comes to controlling. We love to work. As much as people you know, like to say nice things about us, no one wants to replicate the way that we work. And other countries are laughing at us while they're on vacation if they bother to take the time. So yeah. we're, this is, yeah. you know, we're, we're a little bit late to it on this. Yeah. But now that, again, with freedom and flexibility, you have virtual assistants, you can say, you know what, I, I'm getting out of it. I don't want to do it. I'm going to take this leap. I'm going to take a sip of faith. I know I can do it. I'm going to go out on my own. And, you know, I'm going to leave all this other stuff behind. I'm no longer going to choose between time and money. I'm no longer going to choose between the work I love and the commute that I have. I'm no longer going to choose between, you know, having children or even in some cases separating from your partner because they took a job in another state and you're stuck with this job here. Military spouses have been a huge force in the virtual assistant industry because they're constantly moving. 
And they're like, I can't keep changing jobs all the time and no one wants to hire me. What can I do? They found virtual assistants and the military spouse community and virtual assistants is quite large. That is fascinating. Now, and I'm actually going to flip this around a bit, mm-hmm. looking from the perspective of the entrepreneur, the small business person who wants to have a life too, which okay. is often very difficult when you're starting a business and growing a business a virtual assistant, or now that I know the vernacular, a VA can free them, them in this case would be the entrepreneur, maybe from getting involved in too many nitty gritty things so that maybe they have a life too. So it can benefit both parties. We are, of course, still in the midst of a pandemic. I'm curious as to what you would say, and I know you could probably talk a lot about this, But if you could sort of capsulize for us, Melissa, in what ways has the field of the virtual assistant been impacted by COVID-19? The first way it's been impacted is that it's really impacted the female business owners negatively if they have small children. And this is like we're an industry, women everywhere have been impacted by this. If they have children at home and they become the primary caregiver and the primary teacher of that child. So um, what other virtual assistants, maybe they have a different structure at home. They, they are able to share more. Maybe, you know, it's a two family home, whatever that looks like. Uh, it hasn't affected all of them, but it's greatly impacted those who have have to become the primary teacher and caregiver of their children at home. Many have had to no longer take on clients. They've had to lessen their workload. And ultimately that means that there are fewer VAs in the industry that are highly qualified to assist the clients that have been searching them out. Fortunately, we have seen an increase in the VA industry of new VAs coming in, but they're not necessarily at the level of VAs have been doing this for a long time. So it's going to take a a minute for that, you know, those two parties to catch up with each other. But um, I would say that has been the negative impact. I would say the positive impact has been on the flip side, right? VAs have been getting more clients, more work, been able to grow their business, expand agency, offer more services than ever before and have had more clients reaching out to them than ever. And the positive thing is, is with COVID has brought a new level of education about the VA world. So what we first, the first conversation that many of us had to have over and over again with potential clients is we have to start with at the basic, what is a virtual assistant? What can a virtual assistant do for me, right? We're starting at like sub zero from where we wanna start on a client call, right? Well. Since COVID and since the education that is coming in from all different levels now, now the conversations are really starting where we would like to start them. And that is, what are your needs? Where can we assist you? And then go from there. Uh, They are coming in with an understanding, a greater understanding than ever before of here's this new industry that I never heard of. You've been doing this for a long time. Wow, great. Here's what I need. Can you assist me? That's a very interesting way of looking at it, you previously would have to just take that first step informing people about what the job was. And now because of COVID, it's made people much more aware of what the job is. 
And so you can skip that first step and get right down to what specifically do you need. Getting back to your earlier point, I hadn't thought about that, but people who were virtual assistants and working out of their homes, all of a sudden they've got children that they've got to pay attention to and educate. And that really has a, a negative impact on their ability to perform. As we look forward to the future, what impact do you think that COVID-19 is going to have on the virtual assistant field, be it positive or negative? You talked a little bit about that before. And hoping, of course, that we will, in the near future, get through this. What will it have done, COVID-19, that will have influenced the field of the virtual assistant and those who use virtual assistants? I see a lot of positives for the future. Anytime you experience something like a pandemic or a death in the family or any kind of hardship, when you are honest with yourself and you want to see what's really great about the world, you go back to the basics. And I've seen it all over social media. I've seen people posting all about the time and they're like, if you have a home, if you have health, if you have family, you are already rich. And I really see that as a catalyst for so many things that we're gonna be doing in the future. And it affects virtual assistants in a way because again, history repeats itself. We are gonna go back to a time where people really wanted the simple things, right? They want to move out to the country. They want to stay home. They want to have more interaction. There was a time in our country's history where no one could have ever imagined that there would be government funding to have people sit and eat at the dinner table together. That, I mean, the fact that we have to remind people to have dinner together because it creates more healthy families, yeah. that's, that's, that's crazy, yeah. right? But yeah. that's the world that we started to live in for so many and for many it's still the same because of uh, single family homes and busy schedules and working two jobs and commuting and everything else. And so here we are back now being forced into our homes and then now being able to see a future that, wow, we all can work from home. A good majority of us can. Uh, we're going back to the basics. We're going back to the things that we need. We're going back to puzzles and talking and writing and reading and listening yeah. to the radio. And, you know, now we have podcasts to keep us company. And what that means is it's also going to put a different view on how we spend our hours and what every hour means to us. And so hiring a virtual assistant to save you even an hour a day, when you know where that hour is going, that hour is going to dinner, that hour is going to sleep, that hour is going to school time, to play time, to do nothing time, you now opened up a world for yourself that is better than what it is now. And you've opened up a world to hire someone else who's also using that time to give them a life that is better than it is now. So I, I fully predict that virtual assistants will continue to be on the rise. I predict that virtual assistants will continue to enter the field and the industry to create a life of their own. But I think we're gonna start seeing other non-business owners start hiring virtual assistants for different things that they never thought possible just like you might hire a nanny or a food service or a cleaning service. Now you're gonna be hiring virtual assistants. Maybe that is to help your kids with online learning. Maybe that is to uh, educate them in some way. Maybe it is to 
um, help your own service online and help you with your own work. Maybe your company is going to hire you a virtual assistant to help you get all those things done. But I think there's going to be an influx of virtual assistants helping non-business owners as well. Boy, that's interesting. That almost segues perfectly into where I want to get to with you. But I did want to ask you before we get to that, is it difficult for somebody to be a virtual assistant and be able to create a space between working at home, doing a job, you know, performing a job, and then being with their family and, and detaching from it? I know when I worked in my home many years ago, and I'm doing that now. I have a home office. In between, I worked in a traditional office. I remember working at home. It sometimes was difficult back then for me to say, okay, enough is enough. It's time to quit, have dinner with the family, whatever it was. Is that a challenge for a virtual assistant? It's actually not. Uh, and it's not just for virtual assistants. It's for all remote workers. So the studies have shown that uh, the number one complaint of remote workers, which includes virtual assistants, is isolation. One of the other problems that companies have, whether it be with remote workers or whether it be with virtual assistant type business owners, freelancers, anyone who's working for themselves from home, is actually overworking because you always have it with you. Exactly. You can start it at any time. So boundaries, and if you're an employer, an employee relationship, have, making sure your employees have boundaries is a huge and crucial step that most people don't understand. And I love my work. I love working. I can't imagine not doing this. I do it in my free time. I love it that much. I overworked myself all the time. <laughs> I put myself to zero more times than I can even remember that I can count, but I know I did it. And it is a huge problem. And so it probably took me a good four years to put up boundaries for myself that actually worked and I could keep them in place. And then another year and a half to where I didn't actually feel guilty <laughs> for having those boundaries. So I think there it's, it's a lot of people are on a lot of different levels on this. I, I know people who never have problems with boundaries. They're like, when I'm done, I'm done. We're done here. I mean, I, I literally have to go through an entire ritual. I shut things down. I turn off lights. I close the office door. I say out loud, I am done for the day and I feel great about it. I mean, it's not easy for me. I would say it might be easier for people who have other people in their home, yes. <laughs> like pulling them away. Exactly. But for me, uh, I didn't have anything pulling me away in my home. So I, I definitely can speak to that. And I was the poster child for it for many years. Yeah, I could definitely see that being a challenge because I felt it myself. I think about opportunities when I think about looking forward. And I wanted to ask you, Melissa, if you could comment on where you see, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, opportunities for people as virtual assistants, and how would you suggest they go about pursuing them? I really think that the greatest new opportunity are going to be those people who are looking for their next thing or that side hustle, or they don't know what they want to do. There's a lot of different directions that you could go down and there's a lot of time and money that you could spend on just researching and yeah. talking to business coaches and taking this class and taking that class. But the one thing that people don't often do is actually put things into action. 
The great thing about assistants, whether human or AI, is the ability to anticipate your needs. And that's the true mark of an assistant. Human or AI is to anticipate your needs. So even having a chat with a virtual assistant, I'm not talking about hiring a virtual assistant, I'm talking about chatting with one and saying, here's some things I would wanna do if I took this career path, or I'm thinking about starting this website, I'm thinking about starting this blog, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, can you tell me about that? No one can tell you better than a virtual assistant what to anticipate down the road so you can better make your decision. As sales coach, uh, anyone who's gonna try to sell you their things, they're just, they're gonna be selling it to you and that's fine. They're there to inform you, you know, they're there to give you all the information so you can make your decision, but they're not gonna get into the nitty gritty of what that's gonna look like for your daily life. They're not gonna be able to tell you about the lifestyle. They're gonna be able to tell you that like on the back end, right? But they're not gonna be able to anticipate your needs based on a conversation that you're gonna have with them. They're gonna tell you about your lifestyle a year from now or two years from now after you've gone through you know, the hustle of it or uh, something like that. They call it a side hustle for a reason. It does take yeah. some work. So yeah. a VA is super instrumental in saying, here's what I would anticipate that you're going to need. And here's what I anticipate the number of hours. And here's where I anticipate you spending the bulk of the, your work here in order to achieve X, Y, Z. And then those other things will come. I, I think that is a really great opportunity. And it's a really great opportunity for VAs to start being thought leaders in that area as well and start pushing out that information now. So if they're in podcasting, if they're in YouTube videos, if they're in digital marketing, start letting people know about that so they can start contacting you when they're looking for information and how to anticipate their needs properly. I, I think it's a win-win situation for both parties. How about the people who aren't virtual assistants now and are thinking about getting into the field? What do they need and where should they go? How do they find those jobs? Do they need to go to college? What, what is necessary to become a virtual assistant? How do you find the jobs? If, you're talking very positively about opportunities in the field. It's going to grow. How do I start? I'm thinking somebody's wondering, well, great, Melissa. How do I get going? You know, sure. what do I have to do? What's my education requirement, et cetera? Well, I founded the Association of Virtual Assistants for VAs at every stage of their career. So if you're thinking about becoming a, a VA, I would highly recommend going to the Association of Virtual Assistants website and getting our free resources. So in the free resources, we have a VA business blueprint. So we lay out step-by-step -step first several things that you need to do to start your business. Uh, we also have the VA industry standard pricing guide. So if you're like, I don't even know what to charge, well, now you have the industry standards. It's not where you have to end, but it's a good place to start. We also have an onboarding template. So if you're thinking, um, I have a client, I have no idea what to do now. Uh, we have an onboarding template for you. We have tons of resources and uh, we open up membership a few times a year and offer constant education and resources getting started on that. As far as what you need, I obviously, we say strong internet connection. We take that seriously because you may not understand what a strong internet connection is. And uh, we asked and pulled many VAs. We just uh, released the VA state of the industry report. And we asked VAs from all over the world what they thought people needed to have a virtual assistant business. And 
they felt like they needed the internet, they needed desktop or a laptop, um, that they needed more than just their phone. So there's some, there's some materials out there that say, if you have the internet and phone, you could do this job. That would not be what I would recommend. <laughs> there are some times where having a phone working from your phone for certain applications is easier than doing it from your laptop, but yeah. that is not the end all be all. And then many virtual assistants think they have to have a website to get started. If you have a great LinkedIn profile, I would start with that. I started with a, just a LinkedIn profile. So unless you're going to be offering websites as a service, then you don't necessarily need to have a great website to get started. And then finding your clients is really about letting people know around you that you are a virtual assistant and what type of work you're going to be doing, right? Because again, now that we have all this education out there, some of my here virtual assistant think, oh, great. Can you handle my social media? And uh, you may not be a social media virtual assistant. Right. So telling people what kind of virtual assistant you are, making sure that's in your LinkedIn profile and on your website, and then talking with people you know, networking, network both in and outside of the VA industry. I think that's one of the biggest things that virtual assistants miss is networking within the VA industry and not telling enough people in your own circle. The majority of VAs that uh, we know, they knew their first client either by first or second degree. So it's really important that you reach out to your own network and start there and then build. If you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no one does when they first start, even if they think they know what they're doing and what they're going to do, uh, where you start is not where you finish. So you can't do anything until you get started. You can't fail, but more importantly, you can't succeed until you get started. So start doing something and know that there's help out there to help you figure it out along the way. That's a great point. I wanted to mention a couple of the things before we let people know about how they can get in touch with you. The first one is, I remember a very successful radio commentator whose name was Earl Nightingale, and I used to get his cassette tapes. And I remember he told this anecdote on one of these cassette tapes about if the engineer on the train in New York waited for all the lights to turn green before he or she left for California, the train would never take off. You got to get started. You got you to start moving, which is what you said. The other thing is the way that I actually think I heard about virtual assistants, at least heard about them in a way that made an impression on me was... I have more recently gotten on a platform at times called Upwork. Mm -hmm. And when you're on Upwork, I mean, I'm not a virtual assistant, but if you're on Upwork, you'll see a lot of job postings where they're looking for virtual assistants. And I think that's what got me scratching my head a little bit about what is this thing or why do I keep seeing this now? I thought I would also mention that as well. The last thing I wanted to ask you is if you could share with our listeners how they could find out more about you. You've written two books. You also head up the Association of Virtual Assistants. You founded that, correct? Correct. Yes. And um, anything else that you're doing now? I know that you're working on a new project. Maybe you could say a few words about the new project as well. Sure. Uh, you can go to associationvas.com. Uh, you can email me at melissa at associationvas.com. Uh, look me up on LinkedIn. I, I live there. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, but I'm the most active on LinkedIn and I do respond. So if you have a question, please let me know. 
and yes, my books are on Amazon. So it's hire the right virtual assistant and become a successful virtual assistant. You'll find both of those on Amazon, both come with free workbooks. So uh, I really, my mission really is for everyone who wants to become a VA and for everyone who wants to hire the right VA, you don't need to go through me. I put it all in there. I leave nothing to chance. I really want this for you. Uh, it's why I created the association as well. And then my next project is uh, doing courses for Noble. So it's, they're gonna be audio courses and they're gonna be on the hiring process. So over the years, hiring the right VAs for so many clients and interviewing so many VAs for clients over the years. Uh, it also takes me back to the work I did while I was in the office. I have become a master interviewer. And so I'm gonna be doing classes on how to interview virtually and how to be interviewed virtually. And those are going to be unknowable. Wow. I can't think of too many other things that are more practical in terms of what people need to know in order to get a job, whether it's as a VA or something else. That's a great skill to have to know how to interview or to know how to interview candidates. So that sounds like a, a great new opportunity for you. Melissa, this has been great. Thank you for enlightening me and I hope other people about the virtual assistant field and how it's grown and hopefully will continue to grow the options that it offers for people, whether they be virtual assistants or those who use them. And I wish you nothing but continued success. Thank you very much for having me, Jeff. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something. I also hope that you'll tell others about our show. If you have any comments or ideas for future episodes, please contact me at my website, jeff-ostroff.com. That's J-E-F-F-Ostroff, O-S-T-R-O-F-F.com. This is Jeff Ostroff inviting you to join us again next time on Looking Forward.